Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Daddy and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Three minutes past the top of the hour. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Swain Event. Taking you from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. Download the free Swain Event app. Tell your friend to download the free Swain Event app. Tell everybody to download the free Swain Event app where you can listen live anywhere. You can go back and check out any part of the show that you have missed. You can text the show using the free text box. Uh, Questions, comments, any part of the show. You can send that in. We see it. We read it. Um, man, it's, it's one of our best features here on the program. Ben, good morning, sir, man. Good morning. Happy Pit Week. Let's go. Which feels weird because I am wearing a, a Pittsburgh Steelers sweatshirt. It's all good. As, as, I, as I say that, but it is game week for my Steelers, just like it is game week for your Chicago Bears and many folks listening, their Tennessee Titans. So, it'll be a fun week. Five days, four hours, 55 minutes, and three seconds away from Pittsburgh and Tennessee squaring off, according to Pitt's website. So, I'm actually excited to to preview an actual football game this week. That's right, man. That's right. It's kind of hard to watch Pitt play against UMass because UMass is just about as good as as, as Bowling Green. But Pitt took care of business. Pitt did with UMass what? We as Tennessee fans wanted Tennessee to do to Bowling Green. It didn't happen that way, but you did win by 32 points. And watching college football over the weekend, Ben, um, I hope folks are grateful for that 32-point win that was never in doubt. You look over at some of the games this weekend, Ben, and woo, what a first week of college football. Upsets, close calls by top five, top ten, top 15 uh, teams out here. And, uh, man, last night we got a thriller, Notre Dame, Florida State. Man, I know we don't do um, moral victories, but Florida State is moving in the right direction. Um, Mike, Novo- Mike Norvell has his guys playing um, a whole lot better than they have been. So um, they came close to beating Notre Dame, the top ten team. But you know how it is, man. Them kickers. They got one job. <laughs> they got one job, kickers. One job. That is it. But our kicker is one for one here at Tennessee, who I got a chance to meet last night. You got my, to meet Tennessee's kicker last night, huh? Yeah, that's my boy now. We, we Chase tight. McGrath. Yeah, we tightened him. He had a, a better debut in orange than Brent Smaglia did in blue and what's that type of gold? gold. I, mean, I know gold. it's gold. Gold and navy, like, I think. Is it like With a, the yellow jackets? Specific type of gold and blue and uh, gold. Prince Magley, not a, a great debut there in, in Georgia Tech. He, he missed in Atlanta. He missed two, and they lost by one to to a bad – a team that they should not have lost to. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, not a not a great debut for uh, Brent Magley there at Georgia Tech, who lost to Northern Illinois. 22 to 21. I'm not going to be petty. Yeah. I'm not going to be petty like 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 y'all out here. Some of y'all are just way over the top petty. Just we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. But that was my biggest takeaway this weekend. I was locked into the television, multiple screens all all weekend long, or I guess all Saturday, and then 
last night there was just one football game. I did not watch the seven to six Jackson State over FA over FAMU win in in which Terrell Owens was on the sideline with, with Dion. I did not watch that football game, but Man, I did I watch that. Florida State. I missed that one. I did watch uh the the classic between Tennessee State and Grambling. I did see that. Uh, Who won? I, uh, Grambling. I, I tuned in to watch the bands. I, 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 I mean, want Eddie George to do well. I like Eddie George a yeah. lot. Yeah, it was a good game. They came up a little bit short. Um, lot, lots of Tennessee flavor in that game because Charles Davis was, was on the call. Uh, they interviewed Mickey Allen, former Tennessee uh, DB. And uh, they kept trying to talk about Tennessee but Mickey – being, you know, the great AD that he's going to be at Tennessee State, just try to keep the focus on the school that he's at right now, uh, but also um, respecting, you know, his 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 school, man, which is Tennessee, the school that he played at um, and received a degree from. But man, he is now the AD at Tennessee State, building that program and um, making sure that every chance he gets, he brands uh, the Tennessee State football program. So uh, great. Seen there, great stage, but they came up a little bit short. Um, but the staffs on both sides, uh, there, Tennessee State and Grambling, you see the staff start to uh, look like an NFL staff. Some of those NFL coaches that have you know, been in the league for a very long time. Uh, Hugh Jackson's offense coordinator at Tennessee State. So just really cool to, to see HBCUs getting the attention uh, and getting more of the resources that you see at typical schools um, in, with the exposure. But, man – how did your Alabama A&M Bulldogs do? They ain't my team no more. I told you, Tennessee State. We already did that. We already adopted Tennessee State as our team because of Mickey Allen. You, you are correct. Uh, but I, I wanted to kind of go back to your point that you said off the top about just being thankful if you are a Tennessee fan for uh, the lack of drama that Tennessee had on on Thursday night. I know that it was 14-6 to six at halftime, but – it never felt like Tennessee was going to lose the football game no. is is my point. And that seemed to be the theme week one of college football is is upsets and, and potential upsets. I mean, just in the SEC, uh, Texas A&M struggled with Kent State for about a half, half and a half and a quarter, yep. half and a half a quarter. <laughs> yep. uh, it, it was not the debut for Haynes King that, that many expected, throwing three interceptions. It was 10-3 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was making A and M fans uh, nervous, and I was not impressed by Florida whatsoever. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, AR fifteen, is his nickname, which is a pretty dope nickname. Uh, but uh, he he came in after Emory Jones there late in the game, and it looked like the better quarterback uh, to me. But Florida was was not impressive whatsoever. Uh, LSU. And Uh-oh. Coach O's sissy comment that <laughs> that backfired. Oh, that's coming up later. Oh, it, it is. Arkansas struggled with Rice, even though they went on to win thirty-eight to seventeen. I think that was a close game going into to the fourth quarter. I I, I had that one on a side TV for a hot minute. Uh, I don't know how Louisiana Tech blew the game to Mississippi State. They were up by like seventeen points, and uh, State came back in the fourth quarter and won. Uh, Missouri did not look all that great against Central Michigan, uh, and then obviously. The fight in Randy Sanders and the ETSU Bucks. Hey. Knock off Vandy. I got a new segment. I got a new segment. I'll let you answer the phone because I, I kind of have to 
have your attention to tell you about the new segment. Since you're part of the show, man, you're 50% of the show, man. So it's important that I tell you this new segment. I'm interested. This new segment for that, for today. And we'll see how, how um, we can do it in the future. But where's your, where's, your, where's your drink? You got your drink for today? I don't have a drink. All right. And this is dangerous now because we got a lot of the, uh, electronics up in here. But new segment where I tell you a story, something that happened in college football. You take a drink of anything, and you have to keep a straight face. The segment's called Straight Face. I well, you you have to keep a straight face. You have to hold your liquids. And I was thinking about this as I was trying to hold in my laugh, realizing that not only did Vanderbilt lose to ETSU, but they got the brakes beat off of them by ETSU. The muffler, the spark plugs. <laughs> The 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 stern wheel fluid. Just what are you doing, Vanderbilt? What are you doing? The coach out here had the players without their their names on the jersey. Oops. What are you doing? He thought that was gonna work. He thought that was gonna motivate the guys more. They lost to e- ETSU. And got drug in front of a stadium attendance that Maryville, Maryville High School. No, no, no. ETSU would have had a packed out. That game should have been played in Johnson City. People in Johnson City care more about football than than people over on West End. Man, I had a couple straight-faced moments, man. But to your point, I mean, Maryville High School, Maryville College mm. was packed more than Vanderbilt Stadium. I had a couple straight-faced moments. I was trying to keep a straight face. The video I saw <laughs> of the UCLA recruiting site, recruiting page that put the clip of Ed Orgeron walking to the stadium, getting heckled by UCLA fans, and he called the dude's <laughs> shirt a sissy shirt. Come on, we gonna bring that sissy blue shirt in here. Yeah, yeah, sissy blue, sissy blue, sissy blue shirt, and and UCLA never had a doubt. I mean, UCLA had control of the entire game, dominated in the trenches. Which to go back to the Vandy game real quick. Pretty sad that ETSU dominated Vanderbilt. In, in the trenches and not trying to take anything away from ETSU. What they did was tremendous. But the point is, an SEC school should never, I don't even care if it's Vanderbilt, should never be dominated in the trenches against an FCS team. This Ever. Is, this is the wrong time to be looking like this if you're Vanderbilt. You got, like, you got teams coming into the league. This is when you're supposed to put your best foot forward. Yeah, and I saw I was disappointed in some of you listeners. I, I saw y'all's tweets this weekend. I, I enjoyed the ones making fun of Vanderbilt, but I was disappointed in in those of you who were saying that Tennessee needs to try and trade or uh, the SEC needs to try and trade Vanderbilt out of the league. Mm-mm. No, Tennessee needs Vanderbilt in the league. Mm-mm. So I was disappointed in, in some of y'all saying that. SEC, instead of expansion, needs to, to try and make some trades 
Uh, no. Uh, we'll Tennessee keep... needs Vanderbilt to stay right where they are. They're a rival. They're a rivalry game, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, you, can't, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't mess up the rivalry games. Yeah, man. But UCLA had the league the entire game. Mm-hmm. 14 points in the second, went up 14 to 10 at halftime. Um, it was 24 to 20 third quarter. The UCLA put it away with 14 points in the fourth and only seven for LSU winning 38 to 27. And uh, Coach Ogeron is on his way to being Gene Chizik. Or he already is Gene Chizik. He's on his way. Another is, another he, game in which the offensive line, the trenches, determined a football game. UCLA and that offensive line. Woo. I didn't think it was it was possible for a for an O line in, in the Pac twelve to dominate somebody like that. And they then, dominated LSU. I mean that was that was the, the theme and kind of in my opinion the two biggest games on Saturday was LSU, UCLA, and then Clemson, Georgia. And what both teams that lost, they lost because of poor offensive line play. And I mean we just talked about it with with ETSU and, and Vandy as well. Offensive line play got Vandy beat. Vandy also couldn't stop the run. So if you want to take a, a positive away from Tennessee's performance when watching these other teams, I know it was Bowling Green, but that that was the one thing that Tennessee did check off, in my opinion, is that they, they pushed around Bowling Green in the trenches the way that they should have. They ran the ball the way that they should have. They stopped the run the way that they should have. We can talk about Joe Milton and, and the passing game as a whole, but that should give fans hope uh, for, for these upcoming 50-50 games that Tennessee's going to play in is that they, they did push around Bowling Green the way that they were supposed to, and you, you see some of these other teams lose because they weren't pushing te- the other team around. I'm going to get to the phones, but i got to mention one last disappointment. Miami. I had – oh, yeah. I knew that was going to happen, though. I had – my guts, I had brought my own guts. I had my rock. I was rubbing my rock. Interesting. Just rubbing the, rubbing the heck out of it, man. Just rubbing it, rubbing it, rubbing it, rubbing it. Did nothing. Just rubbing it for nothing. Just over here rubbing my rock for no reason. I had my guts ready. had my guts on the side. I was all in. For what? For what? Quarterback. On Dr. Pepper commercials, can't even score a damn touchdown. Had me ready for a Clemson win. This was the only time outside of Clemson playing Alabama in that championship game that I was rooting for Clemson, and you let me down. You let me down, Clemson. The Georgia defense is real, though. You let me down, Clemson. You let me down. That Georgia defense. I wasn't very impressed by DJ Ui Angelale. What? What? What you say? I mean, I, I mean, the, he kind of reminds me of Joe Milton, honestly. All the physical tools in the world, and and you see why. Easy. There's there's so much potential, but uh, he, game starts going, and he didn't want to run, man. He had plenty of opportunities to run. He didn't want to run. But that Georgia defense is real. Anyways, the, you you let me down, Clemson. All that talent there couldn't even put up a touchdown. Couldn't even put up a touchdown. Let's get to the phones. Speaking of Clemson, <laughs> Knox and Mike. Good morning. What is going on, guys? What's up, man? Where you been? Man, I, I, I well, if you would, if you would pick up, if you'd ever read your, uh, your DMs, you'd know, but I see how it is, though. Hey, man. 
Hey, don't man. don't don't feel bad. It's not it's not just you. He doesn't read texts. He doesn't read DMs. He doesn't read Facebook messages. It's not just you. Don't feel bad. Don't worry. I I read them. I feel. I feel. No, you don't. Uh oh. No, Facebook shows you when you when you when you see them. Well, not so much. Well, you, well, you, well, the the place where you try to reach out and talk to me is like the place I'm rarely at. And that's on Facebook. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, anyway, listen. Uh, uh, quickly, a, a, a couple quick things. Uh, as far as uh, the Tennessee game goes, look. I mean, you probably seen my tweets. Look, man. Hey, hey. You know, last year we scored over thirty. Uh, I think it was 32 points or 35 points or uh, one time, and that was against Vanderbilt. I, I'm not going to complain, man. I, I, I came in I, I came in with just like, okay, we'll see what happens. Whatever. It was Bowling Green, but we still we still won. That's right. About 32. Never still, was in doubt. Right, right, right. We, we still won. But, hey, if you don't mind right quick, though, you know me. You know I'm a Clemson fan. And uh, – let me Why let me tell this right here. Let me let me tell this out to you. Uh, let me let me brag on you for just a minute. Okay. Do you remember? And I remember. Do you remember how many times in the past you have said, and it's about Tennessee. You have said you got too many receivers that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. All Clemson's receivers are 16,000 foot tall, but they got no speed except for Justin Ross. They couldn't do anything. The offensive line is still giving up sacks at 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, yes, Georgia Georgia may have they, – they ain't going to beat Alabama. But by God, they, got, they do got a good defense. But when you got an offensive line like that, the Clemson does, I mean, you ain't even going to win your conference. No, no. I mean, and thanks for the phone call, Nasser Mike, man. Because we got to take a break here. But let me let me help Nasser Mike because you know it's been a while since he called in. He's a little excited. Uh, he did not mention that he is a Tennessee fan as well. He is from South Carolina, so he kind of grew up, you know, right there by Clemson. So he saw a lot of Clemson. So you know, Clemson is his other team, but he is a Tennessee fan. He forgot that part. People are going to be confused. Why is he calling in if you're a Clemson fan? He's a Tennessee fan and a Clemson fan. So people, you know, so you know that. Not so Mike's chili is hot. Hot chili. Speaking of chili, you think Mike Eckler is okay? He... I mean, he said he was okay. Did he? he said, yeah, I, I, I was trying to interpret y'all's back and forth. I was I was struggling. He, I think he's okay. Just from the response, I think he's good. Things are right. possibly. He might have a concussion. Maybe the fact that I couldn't decipher what he was trying to say is truly the sign that he is okay. I think he's okay, man. Because how often does Mike Eckler make sense? Mm. After that fart the skillet comment, man, I I'm completely lost. I'm completely lost. Exactly. So I, I think I would be more concerned about Mike Eckler. After he headbutted somebody on the team and made his forehead bleed, uh, I would be more concerned about him if he did make sense on Twitter. I think it, I think it's a good sign that he does not make sense on Twitter. He's okay. We we need him to be okay because man, what a big time matchup for Tennessee. This is the game. 
this this the game? Because next game, no, it's the game. This is the game. This can be the swing game for Tennessee. This is why you move the game up Thursday against Bowling Green and have an extra day to prepare for the Pitt Panthers. Man, let's get it. Noon game. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Got a lot of corrections to make. Had opportunities to, to, to hit some deep balls. Got to fix those. Got to fix some things in the secondary. But the play in the trenches was, was a pleasant surprise for, for this defensive line. And uh, I talked to Caleb Tremblay uh, yesterday on my VLT. He was part of our broadcast. Um, and so got audio from our conversation we're going to play for you. And um, it's going to be about the defensive line this week for sure for Tennessee against Pittsburgh. We'll take our first break of the day. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, stay with us. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event Crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market. And from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine. 
East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Man, Facebook is good for something. I went over there to Facebook to holler at my man, Knoxville Mike, asked him what happened to, to his team. Why they couldn't score more than three points. Man, Georgia defense is real, though. But Technically, Georgia did not score more than three points. Well, Clemson didn't score more than three points. Excuse me. Um... But I went over there to answer Knoxville Mike, and I saw that today is Robert Ayer's birthday. Vol legend, first-round pick of the Denver Broncos. It's his birthday today. Now he's the defense coordinator at Catholic High School. They're 1-0. Defense did a good job in their first – no, they're 2-0, I think. Um, Should be 3-0. Are we, are we already three weeks into oh, – we are. We are yeah. week three. I don't, I don't know if they won on Friday. I don't know if they won on Friday. I saw people talking. I know Josh Heupel left Carnes. Let me see. Josh Heupel showed up to Carnes to watch Deshaun Bishop go up against Walter Nolan. Uh, Deshaun Bishop was the best player in the, on the field from what I heard. Uh, yes, in, in my opinion. That, in my yeah. opinion. 268 yards, two touchdowns, a big kick return that set up a, a scoring drive. He, uh, I have a comp, and we have this Caleb Tremblay audio here that we'll play for you in just a moment, so don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole. Three and Catholic. But I have a comp, but I don't know if people are going to take well to it, but I mean well by it. Go ahead, man. Deshaun Bishop reminds me of Ty Chandler. That's a good comp. I mean, Ty Chandler did rush for over 2,000 yards at Tennessee. Ty Chandler was a beast for North Carolina. That's right. No, not 2,000. There's no way he ran for 2,000 yards. In his career? Mm-hmm. Maybe totaled it, or I, I don't know. He, That's a good comp. Todd Chandler was a freaking, I think he was an All-American there coming out of high school. He Not, was a high-level four-star. He was a high-level four-star for sure. Uh, I don't know. Just kind of maybe it's the, the fact that <laughs> Deshaun's wearing number eight, but I, I don't know. I just kind of think the mannerisms and uh, the way Deshaun runs kind of reminds me of, of Ty. Uh, That's a great – I mean uh, – Kind of sh- – he's not like too short, but he, he's kind of – I mean, he's built well. I I really like Deshaun Bishop. Uh, we had some questions on the GQ about 
Uh, do you think he's the a, what? A, the general's quarters over at Valquest. Do you okay. think he's a legitimate take? And I think that he is. I, I mean, I think the fact that Heupel stops by uh, first thing Friday morning after a late night win over Bowling Green, I, I think is is very telling. Two thousand yards of Tennessee rushing, twenty five hundred all purpose. Gotcha. But yes, rushing two thousand yards of Tennessee, and he had about five hundred yards receiving. So twenty five hundred from scrimmage, and he was he was dang good against um, Virginia Tech mm-hmm. uh, in that loss. He was really good. He wears number nineteen, so I mean he was their best running back for sure. Yeah, so I I, I really like Deshaun Bishop. I, I think he is a stud, and I think Tennessee's in a real good spot there. He is a year behind, so he's a, a junior this year, so he still has another class to go. But uh, Walter Nolan. Deshaun Bishop squaring off, and uh, we we spoke to both of them after the game, so there's plenty of, of content up on VolQuest if, if you want to check that out. But uh, Heupel and Rodney Garner in attendance there at Carnes Pal, and then uh, Heupel left at halftime and went over to Catholic uh, to watch Trevor Duncan, uh, a 2023 prospect uh, there along the D-line, O-line there for Catholic. So Josh Heupel making the rounds locally. I know uh, it – it pleased many when I tweeted out uh, a photo of Rodney Garner and Josh Heupel in attendance because some did not feel like uh, the Tennessee coaches were were present locally enough. The last staff was not present in in the local area uh, enough. So many people were, were excited to see Heupel hanging out at uh, Knoxville High Schools because he visited West, he visited Catholic, and, and this was Friday who's that, who's morning. Who's at West? Uh, nobody currently. Okay, just but I think that's just somebody to stop by and, and check in on. There, there is Shannon Blair who uh, camped with Tennessee. He's committed to Michigan State. Uh, he suffered a, a season-ending injury uh, in week two. So thoughts and prayers to him. I just can't imagine mm, losing stinks. your senior year to to injury. That stinks. It does uh, because you can't redshirt in high school. Uh, but Shannon Blair's been somebody that they've been keeping an eye on but i i, I think it's more just a courtesy visit to say hello gotcha west is a good football program gotcha 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 um so last night the locker room on my vlt um we we did our show and talking about the tennessee bowling green game um college football as a whole and uh, the Tennessee Pitt matchup and part of the NIL uh, deal that we have so far there at um, the locker room. Last week we had on Bayless Jones. This week, uh, defensive lineman Caleb Tremblay, transfer from USC, was was on with us. And um, I got a chance to record part of the segment where um, I take a player and we have our own six to seven minute conversation. Um, so here is our conversation last night on the locker room on my VLT. Hey, Caleb, uh, man. Good to have you on this evening. Yeah, um, everyone knows about Rodney Garner in the SEC. You know, a couple mm-hmm. stops and multiple SEC stops, uh, multiple SEC places. How has it been for you being able to be coached and, and mentored by Rodney Garner? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Honestly, like, like coming here, like, I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. People are telling me, like, how he is, like, how he coaches. But I think the biggest thing I learned is, like, how much he cares. 
Like he's he from the standpoint like of he of where he's coaching, he's just trying to get us better. And I heard him uh, mention like the tough coaching. Yeah, like we're we're getting coached hard, but it's to do our job. And like he he's trying to like get us better and like understanding that as a player, like that's everything. Yeah. Give us the difference between Pac-12 football and and SEC <laughs> football. I know I know that was yeah. a big reason for you to come out here just to yeah. you know play in the best conference in the land but just you know give us kind of the, the differences between the two yeah um I, I would say like when initially getting here like the style of play is different like the Pac-12 is a finesse like pa- like all pass rush kind of league like out here like you really got to learn how to play the run and that was like a big area of growth I, I didn't even realize that I needed like people were a lot better technically at playing the run and uh, that would honestly be the biggest thing. Like, there's a lot more play action, like, from a football standpoint. Like, play action, like, learning how to play the run and you know, all that. Like, that would be the, big, the biggest difference. So, when you, when you were in a, a group with other players your position, playing your position, kind of become like family. Yeah. Who are some of the guys in the room that uh, maybe are the funniest, guys that you've really been able to, to connect with? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> honestly, everybody. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I enjoy everybody on the D-line. Honestly, like, you know how it is, like, uh, the meeting room. Yep. That's, uh, yep. you know, you keep everything uh, in the meeting room. But uh, those, are, those are some of the best times, you know, where you, you're correcting each other's film. You're kind of making fun of each other. Like, I, we all have a great time, like, uh, hanging out with each other and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, playing on the defensive line, you want to get to the quarterback. You want to get sacks. Yeah. But, What's some of the other things that, that Coach Gardner talks to you about if you can't get to the quarterback and get those sacks? What else can you do? Ooh, um, well, you guys actually mentioned it earlier, getting vertical. Like, mm-hmm. that's one thing, like, I wasn't really self-conscious of, like, my, my footwork. Like, that is one thing I could do every play, whether I get to the quarterback, whether you get a TFL, like, where are you stepping, like, how is your first step, and, uh, like, what's your footwork like? Like, you could make a play and have bad footwork. Like, that's one thing I'm learning. And, um, yeah, those are, those are things to work on. Have you got a chance to watch some of the pit film yet? What do you, what do you, was, what do you think about them? I uh, I shortly watched, like, the end of the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. I saw their bl- blown-out UMass yesterday. But uh, uh, I heard their uh, experienced offensive line. They got a lot of seniors. I think they might have a super senior quarterback. But I think it's going to be a, a good test for a defensive line, absolutely. For sure. Uh, Caleb, the, the DBs, the defensive line, you guys kind of work hand-in-hand. Yeah. Uh, are you guys in constant communication about, hey, get those, get those mitts up, tip those balls up for us? Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we just – that's just like part of our drill work, you know, getting our hands up. We do that pre-practice every day, working ball hands. I saw uh, Big O, he got a nice yeah. – he got a crucial tip uh, late in the game when uh, it mattered whether it was a turnover, like pass interference. I don't even remember what the rules are. But that's just drill work, to be honest, like getting your hand up late. Like, if you know, you're not getting to the quarterback, just, you know, whatever you can to affect the quarterback. I saw some guys on the, on the ball wall that was really stylish, man. Yeah. Are you one of those guys no. that we can point to that was really stylish? And, you know, give us give us kind of your take on the first first ball walk for yourself. First ball walk was cool. Yeah. I, I wore some uh, cowboy boots. There you go. And I had a little, like, black button down. But honestly, like, I need to step up my game, you know. I, I I need to go to the store and get some. Uh, did, know, did, you, did you have like just you had like three but un, yeah, three buttons like unbuttoned? Bl- yeah, like, you show the chest. <laughs> no, show I, didn't the chest? Show, I didn't I didn't show the chest at all. No. The, yeah, yeah the I got some blue jeans, you know, <laughs> cowboy boots, 
Should have got the cowboy hat maybe next time. Yeah. Hey, you got perfect opportunity. It's gonna be a day yeah. game. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be electric. Yeah. It's gonna be really really electric. So I'm excited for you, Thank uh, you. going back out there. Uh, anything that you saw in the first game that you you know saw on film, you're like, hey, I want to make sure I want to you know get better at that so I can do it against Pittsburgh. What stood out to mm. you from the first game? For me. Um, just say you was awesome. It's okay. Yeah, I, no, I felt like I, I left like I think like what I like when I said earlier like the nerves of yeah. the first game are always there and yeah. like I feel like I'm gonna be way more settled in just like focused on doing my job and like you could always play harder like I'm always thinking of like little things I could have done better but. That was that was Caleb Tremblay. Um, Tennessee's defensive lineman joining the locker room last night on my VLT. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, Ben, about about you know that conversation is he's just blown away. Like he's blown away by SEC football, the interest in SEC football, the fans. I mean, he's not that active on Twitter. Um, but he was like, man, I need, I need to get, I need to get a little bit more active on Twitter, man. I need to start connecting a little bit more with the fans because they're, they are, they are on it. And um, one of the biggest things that stood out was him talking about the difference in the crowds. Like he said that the Bowling Green game, which had like eighty some thousand people, um, it was like he was loud at some points. What? Come on, it was Bowling Green. It wasn't like he was. Uh, Cal or Oklahoma or Florida or anything like that. But he said that game against Bowling Green, like that crowd would be like one of USC's best crowds in a rivalry game or a big game. So like take UCLA and USC or USC, Oregon, USC, Stanford, something like that, night game, and that, w- that would be like the Bowling Green game. It's just different. SEC football is just is just different, but man, he's super cool, super laid back. You don't expect anything different from a Cali boy, anyways. Uh, but but Chase McGrath was there with him, you know, his USC boys staying together, hanging out, and so he was offset, and I uh, got a chance to meet Chase McGrath and uh, try to get an autograph for you, Ben. I know how much you love those kickers, kickers and punters, man. But he didn't yeah. have a pen on hand. So. I'm I'm very disappointed that uh, you were not able to snag that for me because Tennessee is. Hashtag PU, hashtag kicker you, hashtag punter you, hashtag special teams you. Specialist. Specialist you. I like PU the best. Yeah, I bet. I bet. 865-255-03. I ain't gonna lie, man. After after watching college football as a whole, um, I felt better about about Tennessee football. And listen, I, did I didn't feel bad. I just wanted Tennessee to win seventy to nothing. I wanted I wanted to beat Bowling Green down. Well, I think the problem was that we knew how bad Bowling Green was that because Tennessee only scored 38 points, it felt very underwhelming. Yeah. And and it and it still was because there were opportunities left out on the field and I think we all expected the the passing aspect of the offense was was going to click a little bit better even for a first game than it did Joe Milton missing wide open receivers uh, receivers not running the correct route or or not running the correct route well enough to throw off the timing of of the throws 
uh, it, it was just the passing game as a whole was, was not very good. And I don't think that we expected that in this new offense with some of the pieces that that Tennessee has. So um, that that's why we walked away feeling kind of meh about the performance, but mainly because we thought Bowling Green was just going to be horrific. And honestly, Swain, they, they surprised me. And I'll be curious to look up in a month and a half, two months, and and see what Bowling Green is doing. Because I don't I don't know that they're as bad as as we thought that they were. Still not a great team, but I mean you, you watch their quarterback who had a forty four percent completion percentage last year. He did not look like that guy whatsoever. And, and it's not like I I didn't feel like Tennessee was shooting itself in the foot a ton. I mean there were times where the wheel route coming out of the backfield was wide open uh, and, and the linebacker's eyes were in the wrong place and not picking up somebody out of the backfield. Bad uh, angles. Yep. Yes, there, there were mistakes, absolutely. But I didn't feel like Tennessee was just self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound. I, I thought Bowling Green did some good things on offense. They, they were better than I expected, quite frankly. And uh, I'd be curious to, to look up two months from now and kind of see how their season is is going because I think it's going to go better than than we anticipated will they win the MAC no but I, I think they're going to be more competitive than than I thought that they would yeah 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 but you look at some of these other scores we mentioned uh the ones around the SEC you see uh Washington lose to I don't even remember who they lost to somebody they weren't supposed to um uh, Man, everybody was losing to people they weren't supposed to or um, finding themselves in dog fights. Montana. Yes. Montana, Montana Grizzlies beat the 20th-ranked Washington Huskies um, at home. You know the primetime game this week? Um, it should be Tennessee-Pittsburgh, but. <laughs> it's Washington at Michigan. Oh, my that's, gosh. That's the Kirk Herb Street game. Now, granted. There aren't a ton of good games this week. It's week two. Everybody's playing their cupcake game. Oregon, Ohio State. That that's the noon game. It should. That's that, the noon game on that, Fox. That should be prime time. Or Which, by the way, that Wisconsin Penn State game was tremendous. Yeah, yeah, that was good. But come on, man, we got the Johnny Majors Classic. <laughs> that's right. This weekend, like it should be prime time. It should be a moment to highlight how great of a coach Johnny Majors was and what he did at Iowa State in his first gig as a head coach, what he did at Pittsburgh, and then what he did at Tennessee. It would have been a perfect time to highlight his accomplishments, his legacy, his greatness, and I hope they find some time to do it, uh, even though they're not going to, you know, be here. And I understand you know, Tennessee hasn't won a lot, so uh, I get that, but, like, the, the the opportunity to highlight Johnny Majors and his legacy and how great, you know, he was as a coach – this will be a, this will be a perfect opportunity to do that. Uh, Iowa and Iowa State play this weekend. That'll be a that's good a, game. Yeah, that's a rivalry game. Too. Iowa killed Indiana. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, that's a top twenty-five matchup between those two teams. Uh, Texas and Arkansas play. Um, Texas looked good, man. Yeah, it, I, I was a, with Bill Billy Napier and kind of what he's got going on there at Louisiana. I I thought Louisiana may upset Texas and, and Texas. I mean, the there were plenty of tweets about it. When was the last time we had a drama-free Texas football game? It's been a while, man. Steve Sarkisian may have things in the right direction. He may get it rolling there. Uh, Stanford, USC play. Uh, Utah, BYU, they play this week. That's always an early season rivalry game. Um, but 
Yeah, there's 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 some good games this weekend, but not like it were was last weekend. And I think Tennessee should be playing um, at night. But it is what it is. Is man. Tennessee on ESPN? I think we're on Jefferson Pilot. <laughs> uh, you know, college football is going to have the game of the century later on this year, right? What Tennessee Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt is involved in the football game on October second. Vanderbilt plays Connecticut. Oh my gosh! Who Connecticut lost to Holy Cross over the weekend, and it was Holy Cross's first ever win over an FBS team since two thousand and two. So bad that Randy Etzel announced that he was retiring at the end of the season yesterday. So on October 2nd, I don't know where the game's played, but Vanderbilt plays Connecticut. That literally might be the worst college football game of all time. Vanderbilt, who lost to ETSU, going up against Connecticut, who lost to Holy Cross. Vanny plays Colorado State this week and may lose that game too. Oh, Vanderbilt is probably going 1-11 or 0-12. They're losing to Colorado State, although I believe I saw Colorado State got drugged. Uh, They're going to lose to Stanford, which Stanford did not look good either. That's another team that disappointed. And I love David Shaw, but the last two or three years, Stanford has taken a step back. And then they play Connecticut. And they might beat Connecticut. They played Georgia before they played Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Vanderbilt. They played Connecticut at home. Might go 0-12. They might. Yeah, Vanderbilt might go 0-12. I'm looking at the schedule right now. They they might go 0-12. They might go 0-12. Like, for real, for real. As long as that 0-12 includes a loss to Tennessee, we're good. Well, we play them, so it it will. I got a text from a, a friend of the show yesterday morning, and he said, bro. WTF happened to Vandy last night. Hey, man, don't worry about Vandy. He, he, you evolved now. <laughs> Tennessee gives you more more love than your own school. I know you're talking about. Ben. On that note, we're going to Don. Let's get to Don. Don, I'm going to get you trope, Ben. Don, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's up, Don? Happy Labor Day. To be honest with you, I was lazy this morning. And I didn't much think you guys would be live today, so I didn't turn it on. Come on, man. You know, no days off during football ago. season. Yeah, no days off. We like Bill Belichick, man. I got a, I, I was up till like 2 in the morning smoking uh, a butt. You're up till 2 smoking? Yeah, man. So mm. Two butts. Um, I'm finishing them off right now in the in the oven. Interesting. Ben, yep. I'm sending Ben home with some. If he, Let's if go. He, if he, if he, you know, cool with his little smart ass. Thursday, you got, you got directions to your house. <laughs> I do, I do. Go down I forty, turn straight. <laughs> okay, that sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I watched a lot of football this weekend, and though I was a little underwhelmed by our performance of the night, when I saw some of the messes I saw over the weekend, I thought, "Well, my wings best we thought." Uh, I guess the biggest thing in talking about our quarterback performance the other night, I'm watching that Florida State-Notre Dame game last night, and they bring a quarterback in that haven't played since 2018. He's playing with one leg. <sighs> when I watched him, I thought, man, I wish our quarterback could play like that. Golly, man. 
I mean, it was not hearing anything. It was, I mean, it was two, it was two drives. He did a good job, but like, hey man, we we boy, we we won't give up a, a, a opportunity to 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 ish on our own, man. Golly, I mean, he did a good job. Like he did a good job. He made the running game was was on point for Mackenzie Milton, so he didn't really have to throw the ball that much. But when he did, you know, he was accurate. He did a really good job. Um, you know, did a great job. The low snap, getting the ball out and throwing it out of bounds. Uh, but man, like every chance people get, man, crap on our own. I, I just don't, I just don't understand. It was one game. It was one game. wasn't great. Some good things here, some bad things here. But my goodness, man, this is—I said it last week. This is why when Casey Clausen comes back, it's like people feel like it's a miracle, you know, because it's it's annoying. Like it's sad. Like. It's just one game. Let he and he's our our own player. I don't understand fan bases, man. I don't understand how fan bases do their own players like that. I don't get it. I don't get it. But then you, but then you over here crossing your fingers, lighting incense, hoping that the players come to your school on National Signing Day. But they get here, and the first chance fans get, you want to trash them. You trash your own players. I don't get it, man. Quite frankly, I'm tired of seeing it. I don't care if you like what I'm saying or not. I don't care. I'm tired of seeing it. So annoying. 865-255-03. We'll get back to the phones after this. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. It's a new season, which means it's time to rep your team in new ways with gear from Game Time Sidekicks. Rep the Vols with every sip with a new tie-dye tumbler or bottle. 
They also have a new NFL Players Association product line, so you can support your favorite VFL on Sundays. Want to put your own flair on a tumbler? Game Time Sidekicks has you covered with options to add your own text or even a monogram on the back of your favorite team tumbler. To check out everything that Game Time Sidekicks has to offer, go to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Carry your team with Game Time Sidekicks. the SEC this morning, Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. All right, Ben, what, what do we have for around the SEC today? Uh, literally, want to go around the SEC and talk about the scores that took place on Saturday. Real quick before we get to Coy and Macon, uh, Alabama took care of business against Miami, 44-13. to Just an absolute bloodbath. Did they practice? Did Miami practice over the offseason? I don't know. I just getting them NIL deals, though. Not anymore. <laughs> Georgia took care of Clemson, 10-3. to uh, Texas A&M went on to beat Kent State, 41-10, after leading 10-3 to at halftime. Uh, Florida beat FAU, 35-14. to UCLA beat LSU, 38-27, to in a very impressive showing for Chip Kelly. Looks like he has UCLA truly, finally, headed in the right direction. Uh... This isn't going to be received well, but the third most impressive team around the SEC over the weekend was Kentucky, in my opinion. Uh, they beat UL Monroe 45-10. to I get the level of competition wasn't great. We'll, we'll truly see their, the true colors against Missouri this, this weekend uh, in, in what should be a really good football game. Uh, but Will Levis looked really good throwing the football. And, and if that is genuine and, and translates to some of these bigger games, then Kentucky is going to be a problem uh, for folks. Don't think they're going to go win the SEC. Don't take it that far. That's what they've been missing, though. But that, that's what that offense is, has been missing. And Wondell Robinson had quite the showing. I bet Scott Frost was drowning in his tears. So uh, I thought Kentucky looked really good against Louisiana Monroe, 45-10. Arkansas struggled with Rice, but came out to win 38-17. Uh, Mississippi State stormed back from 17 points down to beat Louisiana Tech 35-34. Mich- uh, Missouri beat Central Michigan 34-24, despite Jim McElwain not coaching because of COVID. Uh, Auburn took Akron to town, won 60-10. South Carolina beat East Eastern Illinois 46-0. And the performance of the week goes to the ETSU Bucks for knocking off Vanderbilt 23-3. And then uh, we have one more SEC game this week. Louisville at Ole Miss, or against Ole Miss, I should say, because it is in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. 8 p.m. ESPN. Ole Miss is nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Lane Kiffin will not be coaching because he has COVID, which I wonder who... 
gave him COVID. But that's a different conversation. Uh, Louisville at Ole Miss in Atlanta tonight. Let's get to the phones. And um, we got Coy and Macon. Coy and Macon. Good morning, Coy. Hey, good morning, guys. Y'all doing all right? Man, we are wonderful, man. Bless. Laboring on Labor Day. I heard that, man. I'm headed to the Waffle House and then to the golf course. It'll be a good day. <laughs> Look, yeah, you didn't have to bur- mention all that, all right? <laughs> oh, man. So I just uh, I did not catch any of the uh, pit game this week. Just wanted to see if you guys could give us some uh, maybe some, some things to think about going through the week. You know, what are some of the key matchups we'll be facing that we'll need to win? Um, you know, some of their best players and – you know, what that what what that's gonna look like uh on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. I mean I watched the first quarter of Pitt and UMass and um uh, almost fell asleep to be honest watching 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 that game. Um but they ha they have a quarterback that I think will play at the next level. He he has a lot of experience. Um he can run a little bit. Uh he's tough. Uh he's he he throws it pretty well. Um you know, he's 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 he can beat you. He can beat you. And Kenny Pickett, uh, number eight, he wears gloves like uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, you know wears gloves on his throwing hand, on on his off hand. But he's he's tough. He's a senior. Like I said, he's experienced. Um, he's he's a guy that make it makes everything go. So uh, better make sure that you, you stay in your containment lanes. Something that Rodney Garner has done a really good job with this defensive line. Really focused on those guys getting vertical, but when you get vertical, stay in your lanes because he's a guy that if he gets outside the pocket, he can pick up the first down and beat you with his legs. So um, I, I need to watch more, Coy. To be honest, uh, I saw the first quarter. Uh, Pitt fumbled. He had one running backs that, that fumbled after catching the ball. Um, it was a little sloppy at first, but then uh, Pitt started to take care of business, which is why they won fifty-one to seven. But I just watched the first quarter so far. He's their best player. Can he? Can How he big up front are they? How big or how good? How well both. How big is uh, what I said? How big up front? You know, offensive defensive line. Uh, their their offensive line is is experienced. You heard Caleb Tremblay say that during the interview we played earlier that Swain did on the locker room last night. But uh, if you look at kind of the advanced stats, they they're not that great. Finished eleventh in the ACC last year and in, in run blocking. Uh, they did most of their damage in between the tackles, uh, according to the pro football focus data, um, and just kind of struggled uh, on on the outside of uh, of fifteen hundred rushing yards last last season. Only four hundred came outside of the tackles, uh, and they don't really have a great crop of running backs. They they have Vincent Davis, five foot eight, one seventy. He was the lone bright spot uh, for Pitt last year rushed for 632 yards, and uh, no other pit back rushed for, for over 300. So they have experience, but, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like LSU. Everybody was touting LSU's offensive line returning. Well, that wasn't a great LSU offensive line last year, so is it really a good thing that the entire O-line is, is returning? That, that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, with Pitt to me is that, yeah, they have guys coming back, but they weren't very good last year. And, and defensively, they have a, a really good defensive tackle, Kalijah Cansey, uh, one of the, the better interior defensive linemen in, in the entire uh, country uh, last year. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, 
looking forward to the game, man. I, I think it should be a good one and a, you know, a, a more of a true test to see what we have. I'm excited to see the improvement from week one to week two. Um, I got an early for what for you. You guys may be going this way anyway. I didn't think it was that bad, but, man, um, was, it's Brian Kelly last night saying that his whole uh, team might need to be executed. I think the media is going to jump on that pretty hard. Oh, man, it's already happened, man. And he's already had to come out and, and um, uh, clarify what he said. Uh, he made those comments on the field after the game, and then during his press conference he tried to, to clarify it. So, yeah, man, not not Brian Kelly's best interview there. Well, look, guys, y'all have a good week, man. I'm going to uh, listen to the rest of the show. Y'all have a great Labor Day, and uh, enjoy your uh, barbecue you got today, Swain. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Just remember, Coy, you may be golfing while I'm laboring today, but on Friday, while you're working, while you're laboring, I'll be golfing. So there it is. We'll, 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 we'll swap places on Friday. There it is. I don't want anything about my friendship. You want to be big. my caddy? Nah, man. I might be carrying your golf clubs. Look, you, no, no, you don't have to literally carry because we got a cart. You can come drive the cart. You can drive me around. And you can sip on your, your adult beverage. I can do that at the crib, and I can text you and tell you, it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. I can send you like a little voice memo. It's all in the hips. I'm good, man. I'm booked. I got stuff to do. Yeah, that's a shocker. I got I to gotta watch, you know, some Loudon football film. Got to get call that game this Thursday. Okay, but I'm asking you to go Friday. I'm booked. I'm booked. I got to get ready for... The, the pregame show. It's an early, early game. It is. It's going to be an I'm early booked. pregame show. What uh, what game do you have for Rivalry Thursday this week? Loudon. I'm going to Loudon. That's what I know right now. I'm, I'm going to Loudon, man. So Loudon and whoever Loudon's playing. I'll be starting that prep today, man. Sounds like uh, you need to get on it. Let's see here. I got it right here. Gallenberg Pittman at Loudon. So that's the game I have this Thursday. So I'll be watching some Gallenberg Pittman. I'll be watching some Loudon between now and Thursday and getting ready for that. Getting ready for that game, man. Whole lot of uh Pitt in in your week this week. Gatlinburg Pittman and Pittsburgh I, Panthers. I guess so. I'm cool with those two. I ain't trying to watch any Steelers though. 865 Swain event fueled by that and barbecue. Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. 
Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865 382 